In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers football beat reporter, and today I'm joined by somewhat new Daily Memphian, Memphis Tiger basketball reporter Drew Hill. How are you doing today, Drew? Is that a new title for you, football yes. only? Yes, I've had to. I just slid. So, in what football. did you call yourself before you? Memphis were Tigers beat reporter was my official title before, and now so we just. Put I think Twitter's been wanting to know. Did you get? Did you get? Demoted? Oh yeah, I got demoted. According to Twitter and the MemphisTiger.org uh, message board, I got demoted, and Penny Hardaway hates me, and yeah, that I did not want to cover football, that uh, you stole my job. I'm actually very upset at you for stealing my job, because you know, it wasn't something I had asked for, and that I wasn't one of the people that recruited you the hardest or anything like that, that you just came here you know, will willy nilly. It's fine. We're the same person anyways, according to our producer here. So, you know, we're both just, I think we sound very, very, we look alike, but we sound very different. And I'm going to keep talking mess about her because she doesn't have a mic. So, but I'm, I'm just going to throw out there that I am, I am significantly taller than you. So it would be, it would be very, Oh, okay. (laughs) It would still be very, very hard to mix the two of us up. I think. I don't know about that. If you haven't seen us in person before, and some people don't know that I'm super short. Yeah, I also dress way better than you. Okay, so. well, that's just not even factual. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. It's off the rails already. <laughs> this is this is exactly how we expected this to go. I don't think... I, how long do you think we could go without actually talking about the Memphis Tiger basketball, Memphis Tiger football program? An entire an entire podcast, but let's, uh, let's get started. So, what's been going on with the basketball program lately? We're in a little bit of a weird period here in between recruiting classes, and, I mean, they're starting workouts, kind of. They have a set schedule they have to, to keep to, but what's been going on in your world? It's talking season. They, we finally got a hold of uh, a penny of the newcomers, of the returning players. You were there for both Penny and the newcomers, yes, weren't you? but I was not there for the returners. I'll let you mark your territory on that one. <laughs> sure. Was, l- let me start with this. Was there anything that they said that stood out to you? And then I will, I will give so you my point. The Penny was Penny. I mean, it's Penny. Um, nothing there really surprised me. I don't think he can at this point, but there were uh, the new kids. Um, they were already talking about what style of basketball, how they fit together on the court. I think that's something I'm writing about right now is that they were very focused on here's how we all fit together as people rather than, okay, we're just going to go out and play. They're like, okay, Lester's going to do this. And if this happens with these people, if we're hitting threes, this is what's going to happen. If not, this is what's going to happen. They went very in depth about it. Yeah, no, uh, to be perfectly honest, everything that Penny said was exactly what I expected Penny to say. I got absolutely nothing out of the returning players press conference just because it was very repetitive of what the newcomers had to say. Um, Jeff wrote about Tyler Harris, and I think Tyler is an interesting figure, but it didn't seem like he had a ton to say at this moment. No, uh, yeah. It's not the. I'm not downgrading the returning players or anything like that. I'm just. No, no, no. I'm just saying that in terms of what they said at the press conference was yeah. exactly the same as what the newcomer said, which is this team is about sacrifice. It's about team. It's not about the minutes. 
They're not worried about that right now, which is all the right things that a, a basketball team is supposed to stay at this at this stage of the season or off season, I should say. Um, so to me, nothing necessarily really stood out. No. Um, I think with Penny, there. I mean, he's always going to say interesting things, but he kind of passed on what the major questions are, which are which is like, what are they going to do with this open scholarship? He didn't really have an answer, or he didn't want to give an answer at this point, and just tried to pass it along yeah. and said, "We have no idea yet." And I, I really think, don't think they do. Right? No, I, I I agree, but you know, that was that's sort of one of the pressing yeah. questions everybody wants to know, and I don't think. Guy like you or I have no idea. I don't think Penny has any idea. I think it's sort of a waiting game right now to try and figure out what they're going to do. So in terms of how all this has gone, it's been exactly to script. There hasn't been anything sort of off the rails yet. Nothing that's going to make national headlines, which Penny did a few times during the season. But a once few. these guys get... Yeah, once these guys get started, that, that'll probably change. I think that you touched on something that's interesting is that these guys aren't worried about the minutes. They're not worried about how much they're playing or who's starting. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. But everybody else in the world isn't worried about it. And like, they're not going to know who's playing what this early. They're not. We don't know if Precious Achua is going to play the three or the four. We don't know who's going to start at the one, the two. We don't know. I know. I can tell you pretty certainly that Precious Achua and James Wiseman will start. Other than that, I think the conversation has kind of been. It's the dead horse that's been beaten and beaten and beaten without actually any substance coming of it. It's just warrant, uh, warrantless spec- speculation. What do you think? That's where we are right now. Um, I think there are some... It's interesting to see, to think about the dynamic, though. Like, there are so many different combinations with this team that it makes it really fun to sort of think about the different combinations there could be, especially when you want to think about starters and who's going to play at the end of the year and... You can ask all these questions that nobody has an answer to, and it's pure speculation, but that's sort of what this part of the season is about. It's it's about all the excitement that has built to this, and let's just get the season underway already. Do you have an idea of who you think the starting five might be when the season starts? Do I? Yeah. I got my guess. I mean, I have a guess, but like, I could see uh, Tyler Harris, Boogie Ellis, Precious Achua, Lance Thomas, James Wiseman. I could see eight different combinations, but it's just a uh, a point to the the depth he's put together over there that we're like talking about this. Is this is the deepest Memphis Tiger team I I've seen in a long time. I think I agree with you in terms of the starting five. I would go Boogie, Tyler. Though maybe the one I think might be different is I think maybe you slide DJ in there instead of Lance and you have DJ precious and James. That's a super young lineup. I don't know if he's going to be willing to go with that right off the bat, but last year he started the freshman. So I could see him. Doing I don't something think like that again. I don't think it matters. If you have James and precious in there, you're going to be a incredibly talented team. I mean, they have all of the pieces like, I don't think Alex Omex is going to start. I think we can figure that out. But at this point in the time, we just don't know. But something I wanted to talk to you about, I'm breaking my own rule here, and I'm going to talk about something John Rothstein said. Um, He had Memphis at number 16 in his latest preseason top 25. I think that is insane. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm off out on that one. I don't know about that, John. Yeah, like I I didn't – 15 Gonzaga, 14 LSU, Baylor – SHU, Texas Tech, Villanova, UVA, 
North Carolina, Florida, Maryland, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan State, all ahead of them. I don't know. I think Memphis should probably in that be in that four to eight range. What do you think? I have said for the past few weeks now that I anticipate them being somewhere five to eight. Um, I think there's there are several teams where you can justify them being ahead of Memphis in terms of where they're going to be ranked. The Michigan States, they I mean they return a lot. Duke, even Louisville's getting a lot. Louisville's like, going to be really good. You know th- those teams you have you can justify. But there are teams on John Rothstein's list that you look at and go, <laughs> like, what in the world are you talking about, What is man? happening? Come on, guy. Like, but, LSU. No. Pass. Uh, still. The, Baylor, the point pass. Is, the point is, at the beginning of the year, maybe Memphis is around that that spot. I'm not saying that they're going, that that's yeah. what their final ranking is going to be. Maybe they look like a team around that spot. But if you're trying to predict where these teams are going to finish, and you want your if and you want your preseason poll to look as close to what the final poll of the regular season is going to look like, you should probably have Memphis higher than 16. Did the Kerry Blackshear thing ever make sense to you? It didn't to me. It always seemed like something that okay, if it works out, sure, that's great. We're going to take a shot because we have this open scholarship and this guy is being recruited by everyone. He's the best grad transfer out there. But to me, it never seemed like a real possibility. I don't rule Penny out of anything oh anymore. I, like, I just, I, I, when I saw it, I was like, wow, that's interesting. I don't know how he's going to fit. But if this is really all about sacrifice and everyone's going to sacrifice and he's willing to get it on board no with that too, it wouldn't have worked. Okay. But it was a stretch, it seemed like, from the beginning. And, and after talking to his, High school coach, or his AAU coach, I should say, it, it he confirmed it. You know, it was all hearsay from the beginning, essentially. Yeah, I think people got a little too excited with that one. I think the other interesting thing about the world of Tiger basketball right now has been the attention to literally everything. You know, you watch these videos get posted on Twitter and everything just blows, blows up. up. Yep. It's 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 pretty crazy to watch. People are doing huge radio segments on their workouts in sand, and I'm like, does it is it worth all of this? I mean, it's people, people, <laughs> people. I mean, everybody, everybody talked about it last week when they did those workouts in the sand, and I'm like, speaking of workouts, oh, I may or may not have caught a glimpse of the workouts at Tom Lee Park this morning. Well, were you, were you working out on Tom Lee Park? No, I live over there. Like, cl- I'm not going to say where I live on this podcast, but uh, I'll drop a pin for everybody on Twitter. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Yeah, don't do that. But I could sort of see what was going on, and it was interesting. They were running. Window. So I don't like. I'm obviously I'm a new Memphian. We've been over this, but I, I I know the setup of Tom Lee Park. What is that big hill called? There's like a thing. Natalie, there. producer, what's that big hill called? The do, hill. Do we have any she idea? Know we have no idea. It's a well, big hill. Well, there's like a big, big a hill. hill. There's a. There's oh, it's a the big, Drew Hill. Yes, we, we can call it. Uh, all right, fine. I'll claim the hill if no one will take it. It's, that's all right with me. But no, there's that. There's that big hill, and then there's that long stretch of just sidewalk that leads all the way up to the, like the South Main area. Oh, Beale oh, Street Landing. There you go. Duh. People are gonna break out the map and figure out where you live. Well, I don't. I don't. They're not going to be able to figure that out, Jonah. I, I would hope, hope they do. I would hope not. But long story short, you know, they were running up that hill. They had them running all the way down. 
um, to the other end of the park, coming back. Then they were doing like defensive slides and running back up the hill again. And they just did this. And some one of the depending on who it was was lugging the cones around. And these aren't like just little basketball cones. No, I'm yeah, talking they're huge. Yeah, full on traffic cones. These guys are running like depending on which you know lap they were doing. Somebody it was somebody's turn to carry the cones. I mean, it was it was pretty interesting. I couldn't really tell what, exactly what was going on because I was way too far away to really know. But is this new yes, Darby I did catch Ridge? The Darby Ridge uh, strength and conditioning program involves traffic cones and the Beale Street landing and sand and all this. How much are you fan are you of uh, outdoor workouts like this for teams? Because it seems like they've been doing a lot more of it. I guess we just didn't know what they did last year. Maybe. I just think it's cool that they're getting out in the community. Like, you could tell people knew exactly who they were the second that they were running by on the sidewalk at the park. Can you imagine if you were just a Memphis fan and you're like, holy crap, that's Penny Hardaway. <laughs> that's James Wiseman. James Wiseman, he's pretty damn hard to miss, you know? Tyler Harris, though, yeah. kind of blends in. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that on a personal level, Tyler. <laughs> right. I'm the James Wiseman of this oh podcast gosh. and you're Tyler Harris. You're insane. Um, but no, it, it, that would be that would be cool. That would be cool. You want to talk about football? Uh I don't I don't have as much to contribute on the football scene as you do on the basketball scene, but we can talk about football. It's been a big week for football. You were at lunch with me yesterday. Well, or two I know, days ago. I know this. Uh, just about every single day or every time I pick up my phone, Mike Norvell has a new commitment. So, like Four weeks ago, I was sitting in my kitchen, and I'm texting somebody like, when are y'all getting commits? Like, when is this happening? It's like May or June. Like, what's going on? Is there something wrong? Like, what, what's the deal? Like, Don't worry about it. We're good. We're gonna are, have- there, are there any junior college players left, or does Memphis just have every oh, they just one? <laughs> so they have the number one tight end, number one running back, number one receiver, and um, a corner who is not ranked by anybody at the moment. Um but they like they told me we're gonna have ten to twelve by the the end of the summer or by the middle of the summer uh, by the time they go on vacation and they were they weren't lying they're on vacation now and they've got twelve and these kids are good I mean it's the number four to six overall class in the nation according to two four seven sports if they keep going it could be the highest ranked class Norvell's offer brought into Memphis I think his highest ranked is about forty four forty two or forty four. Um, I mean, Kendarius Taylor and Kalen Granberry themselves, are the, they're the JUCO running back and JUCO wide receiver. Those are kids from Memphis who they were able to convince to come back to Memphis. I mean, Kendarius had offers from Oklahoma, Alabama, just about everybody, Tennessee, Kentucky. Like, he could have gone to play somewhere huge, but he chose to come back to Memphis, and I think it's a huge deal. Has Mike been grabbing these guys from the same area? Like, you mentioned some of them are have been from here, but are these guys coming from the same areas? Is he just like established relationships with these junior college coaches in the same spots and he's going to the well or what's happening? So the junior colleges are interesting because um, like Anthony Jones, the running back coach, went down and got Kalen Granberry and then John Simon went and um, to Copaya Lynn with with Anthony Jones and they were able to pull Kendarius Taylor out of there along with another coach. Um, but a lot of their – Tony Tokar is the tight end coach, does a lot of their uh, JUCO recruiting. So he goes into Iowa – Texas, um, and a few of those other spots that have big JUCOs. And they were able to get Lou Dorsey because of him. Uh, he's an Illinois transfer who ended up going to uh, Iowa Western after his time at Illinois. And 
now he's going to be a Memphis Tiger. I mean, they're super excited about Just him. Just so everyone knows, Jonah was making weird noises right there. So now Couldn't we, think of a now, name. Now our producer's got to go in and go cut it all out. She can make a master cut of the weird noises and slip-ups and just off-the-wall things that she has to go in here and cut out after I do a podcast. The amount of times that she has to stop and write down a time where she has to go in and edit while I'm speaking is just a, it's alarming. But... Back to football recruiting because nobody wants to hear that. Um, Keelan Brown. I was talking to somebody about him earlier today. Um, John Simon, the new wide receiver coach, um, went down to Louisiana and was able to bring him in. He's going to be the highest ranked quarterback Norvell's ever brought in outside of Brady White. Um, It's a huge deal. It's a huge, huge deal. Um, I know people kind of focus on basketball recruiting a little bit, but just a little bit, just a little bit like football recruiting though. It's, it's at a high right now, and people they want people to be able to notice and without you know bringing up the basketball program. Like the the football coaching staff is the ones who are like, "Come on, guys, let's pay attention to football." Yes, recruiting. yes. I mean, they it's a constant I mean, I battle. Think, I, well, listen, I, I do think people care about football recruiting. It's just it's a lot more challenging to keep up with that, just because of there are so many kids, the numbers, the sheer numbers. Yeah, and, and especially. For basketball, when it ends, it seems like it's so far away, right? But when football ends, you still have basketball and all these other sports that but end. Like, and so it, you, once everything ends, it's like, all right, now we're waiting for the start of football season. Like yeah. That's just the way that it, that it goes. And so if you're a basketball nut, you, know, you, you move on to recruiting. But if you're a football fan or just a sports fan in general – I, I just think football recruiting is the is the time of the year where there's too much other stuff going on and it gets passed up. Yeah. Well, Kendarius Taylor going to junior college and then coming back to Memphis is like James Wiseman going to junior college and then still coming back to Memphis to come play. Like it's it's a huge. He's the deal. number one overall player in the country. No, you know what I mean. It's on a different scale because there are so many other football recruits. I mean, Memphis doesn't have really a shot at those guys in the top 300. I mean, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, all those schools have those their shot at those schools. But, you know, it's, it's a tough battle. So Memphis, as of right now, by just about every metric, every standard, every Vegas person in the world, ha- is favored to win every single one of their games this season, including the opening game against Ole Miss. What do you think about that? I think I, I don't think Memphis is going to go undefeated. I'll just come out. That's a hot take. Hater. No, I, I don't. Um, I just think it's too hard. But I, it, it to me on paper it makes perfect sense for them to be favorited in all these games. I think the Ole Miss line is a little high. Um, right It'll now. stabilize by the time it gets there. I mean that'll be a three or four, three. I'd say three and a half by the time. It gets there. People want to see how Memphis looks in the fall. People especially want to see how Ole Miss looks in the fall. They lost a lot. Didn't really bring a whole lot back in either. Um, but they got new coordinators. People are hoping maybe, but like that's a four or five win team in all reality. And here's the other thing: when you look at Memphis's basketball schedule, oh my gosh! I mean, it's not like they're playing extremely difficult competition. You could make an argument that before the season they should be favorited in every single game in basketball too. No, they won't be. They won't be. They won't be. Once a season gets started and they lose a couple games, 
they won't be favored in, in every single game. But as of right now, look at their schedule and, and try and name a team that's better. than. I'm Memphis. waiting on you to break the whole schedule. You I'm can't. waiting for you to go write it down for me. Uh, I'm working on it. I'll get to it. You'll get to it. Like, you got more important things to do. So, wait. They play Georgia. Like, that'll be... That'll be a close one. That's here, but I like Ole Miss. That, like that Georgia has close. a good recruiting class, but it isn't the number one overall recruiting class, and it isn't what Memphis has. True, they're True. not a top twenty-five team. Tennessee's probably not a top. Ole Miss isn't. Team. Ole Miss certainly isn't a top twenty-five team. A game at Oregon, you know. Well, it's in Portland. It's not at Oregon, but it's basically a home game for Oregon. Okay, maybe, but I st- like Oregon's a borderline like outside chance to be a top 25 team memphis will probably be favored in that game too then you get into conference play a game at houston might be difficult at cincinnati at cincinnati they at connecticut like I'm, I'm not saying that they're gonna win all those games i'm just saying on paper right now that they could be favored in every single game okay the last thing i wanted to talk to you about you just touched on it a little bit um i'm really upset i had to call somebody on uh saturday morning because i was was almost in tears. The civil conflict is dead. UConn's rivalry with UCF, it's dead. The trophy's gone. They're dead. They're leaving the conference. Hasn't the trophy been dead for a they while? They lost it. Don't They don't want to talk about it. They lost the trophy. It's probably in some fan's living room. But no, UConn's leaving the conference. Um, I'm not super sad about it. I don't really feel bad for them. They're going to make less money. They're convinced for some reason the AAC is the reason they've been bad at basketball these years despite having a bad head coach um hey danny hurley is awesome oh he's awesome they finally hired a good one very much looking forward to the danny hurley send-off tour at fedex forum this year it is going to be a lot of fun i don't think anybody's really like gonna be bummed out about ryan edsel there's no ryan edsel farewell tour is there no, so that even, I don't even think that's how you. I say mean, something. they're they're like throwing a party that UConn's leaving the conference in football. I can't get them out of the conference quick enough. Um, well, no, that's an auto win for just about most of the conference. So they're a little upset. Like they're a little upset on this. Like, oh, that's a automatic win. Our starters will be out after halftime. But but do Memphis fans really want to watch a UConn no. Memphis game in the middle of November? No, at the Liberty Bowl. No. No. So, who is somebody you think they should go? Or do you think they should stay at 11? I think it makes the most sense to stay at 11. Uh, if you're going to add anyone, are, you, are we talking football or basketball? You do both. For football, I think there's really three options that make any sense at all. Uh, trying to add Army as a football-only member might be interesting. They won't do it. To, if you had – well, I mean – you basically get your stamp on the Army-Navy game <laughs> if you can add them. Um, so maybe them as an outside shot. BY, BYU if, is a decent brand, but there's travel issues there. But they're, they're, they're a decent brand. And Boise State, if you th- again, this is football only for all of these members. Those three options sound reasonable. I don't know. I don't think Boise State would do it. The problem with Army is what if Army and Navy end up being part of the championship game? Because you can't move that game. That's a staple. Like they're not. They're not not having that game. Then at that the end becomes of the, the championship game. No, no they're going to be on the same side of the division. Just have them play twice. No, not going to happen. So that that game is a huge issue. Then on top of that, people do not want in this conference football coaches. They don't want to play the triple option twice. They don't want to. What happens if you have to go to Army on Thursday or go to go to Army on Saturday and you got to go to Navy on Thursday? 
That means you're playing the triple option twice in like five days. On a short turn, short turnaround, they will throw a fit. Ah, uh, well. They will throw. Too bad. <coughs> That's how I feel. Too bad. You're going to play teams that are the, the <laughs> that run different styles of offense no matter what. Too no, bad. No, Like, I don't. No. Law, d- d- tech. Hold on. Hold on. So there are teams that have to play Alabama and LSU back-to-back weeks, okay? There are worse I things than playing you, two triple option offenses. I will tell you that. Navy and Army. Nobody and wants to do it. Weeks. Nobody wants to do it. That's crap. Nobody wants to do it. I don't want to hear it. that. I don't want to hear that. I, no, I'm telling you right now, they won't want to do it. I, again, I'm not saying that these are realistic options. I'm just saying these are options that I would at least consider. Louisiana it's, Tech. Louisiana Tech, Appalachian State, UAB. Those are the three for football. I'd rather stay at eleven. Yep. I would rather. I think stay that's. At 11. The, I think that's the problem is that you're looking at these and you're like, okay, if we can't get Boise State, I mean Appalachian State would be okay. I think that would be fine. And you only stay at eleven if it means you're still going to play the conference championship game. You're just going to play it between the top two teams. Yeah, and there's legitimate problems in each single area. Like if you add UAB. That's a problem with attendance. That's a problem with TV. Like, are you? That's another place where the SEC kind of has a hold. The same with Southern Miss. Does how much fan interaction does Louisiana Tech have? I think it's a lot, but I I don't know what would they bring that with them if they're not as good. So there are a lot of questions with each one. There's no absolute knockout home run team unless you're pulling somebody from a Power Five, and that's not going to happen. And I think there are plenty of options for basketball there's just not there's there aren't very many options that are going to work for both other than maybe at those schools that you named but i just what vcu for basketball like yeah like a vcu or maybe an old dominion or like i mean there, there are teams th- those those teams actually win in basketball they could they could enhance your your schedule but the problem is they don't bring enough to the table for football to make anything worth it you know, and, and at that point, I would rather adding UAB is, is not going to no. excite me. It'll make people excited in the sense that they're bringing back the um, Battle of the Bones. The, have you seen the Battle of the Bones trophy? It's just a big cast iron ribs. It's fantastic. I don't doubt that it's a fantastic trophy, but the game would be not so fantastic. You don't like the fighting Bill Corks? No. So I, I, but I agree. I think that you're going to have to probably stay at eleven until the Big 12 grant rights is up in 2024 and then try and pull somebody, pull a couple teams, like in Iowa State, a TCU, something like that. But I don't know how, how realistic that is even right now. Or just get into the Big 12 and we don't, don't have to start have this that. conversation. Don't start that. Don't start that. That's not even funny. I'm, I like to stir the pot. <sighs> I'm gonna get, we're, gonna, we're both going to get tweeted out of this about, about this now. <laughs> I hope you know that. I don't think you realize. Please how, direct uh, all your tweets to at underscore Jonah Jordan. Well, that'll be a good t- spot to wrap things up. You can follow Drew at Drew Hill underscore DM. You can go subscribe to the Daily Memphian. You can find the Daily Memphian podcast, which are powered by the OAM Network. Anywhere you find your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community. The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.